Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Metal Mike. And in this episode, I talk with guitar virtuoso from Heaven's Edge, Reggie Wu. We hear about what the band has been up to in recent years and revisit their classic debut album. Reggie also shares some thoughts and memories on Jeff Labar. Check it out. Reggie, welcome to the 80s Glam Metalcast. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Catch uh, catch everybody up with what you've been up to lately. What have you been up to? Well, I mean, Heaven's Edge we took a long break, you know, when Grunge knocked us out. You know, we pretty much took a long break. And then back in 2013, uh, Kieran Dargan over from um, the Firefest Festival asked us, well, he had started calling a bunch of years and said, you know, come on out to London and play. We got this killer Firefest Festival, and I was just like, ah, we're good, you know, we're kind of winding things down, and um, and finally, um, after my wife beat breast cancer back in uh, 2013, I said, uh, you know what, you only live once, let's go. Right. We got the band back together, and we went out there, and it was unbelievable to have all those people knew all, all our songs, and we're like, this is killer, you know, so after that show, we uh, said, let's do a couple of these things every now and then, you know, um, they have, you know, the M3s and the Monsters of Rock Cruises. Oh, we did come home and do a local show, and um, we just, uh, we had such a great time that we said, let's do, you know, one or one to three shows a year just to have some fun and uh, get to, like, pretend we're a rock star for a weekend, you know, or a week <laughs> on the cruise. And, uh, and so we started doing that, and we've been really having a great time, and that's pretty much what we're doing very, very sadly, we lost George, our bass player, last year. Right, um, yes. Actually, was it last year? It was August of the year before, and uh, that was just brutal. And because George was, you know, the best thing about doing these festivals, M3 and the thing is, most of the time we were one of the only bands, one of the few bands that was all five original members. Mm. You know, you get up there and, it, you know, it's rat, but really it's just like Stephen Piercy and <laughs> right. one other guy, maybe. Right, right. Um, but it was... But with us, it was all five original members, which I, you know, I was really proud of, and um, so that was very cool. But very, like so I was saying, very sadly, we lost George, and uh, that was crushing. That was crushing to us. And we picked up um, a guy named Jaron, and he friggin' just came in and just tore it up, just blew our minds. He just knew every song, and uh, he plays in a band called Tantric. You know, they had a couple of hits out in the 90s uh-huh. he's young he's the young guy and we're, we were joking we're gonna like be menudo you know like when you reach a certain age you're out and we'll replace <laughs> you with somebody else right right like kiss wants you know, to do <laughs> so he's a young guy you know he's in early 30s and good looking you know so you know we'll use him as our poster boy because we're all the old guys now and, uh, <laughs> but so we did um we did the last monsters of cruise we're band monsters of cruise monsters of rock cruise with him and uh we had such a great time, and he did such a fabulous job. He just came in and kicked ass. In a way, this allows us to keep George's name alive. You yeah. know, he will always be with us. And uh, so that's what we've been doing. And we were supposed to do M3 a couple weeks ago, but one of the guys in the band got sick, and uh, we had to cancel. But we um, just committed to that Monsters in the Mountain 
or something, Monsters on the Mountain. I'm not even sure what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's in Tennessee. Okay. So yep. we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that in October. So that that's what we're doing right now. We do have some news that I can't share right now, but hopefully, it, well, we'll be able to announce it in the next couple of weeks. But um, cool. you know, things are moving along. At this point of our lives, we're just having fun with it. Me and Mark writing songs and just um, you know, the pressure's off. You know, so uh-huh. we're not trying to you know be rock stars anymore or whatever. We're just having fun and just you know. Love the guys in the band. We're all like brothers, so that's awesome. And uh, whenever we get together, we pick right up where we uh, left off. You know, we could not see each other for six months, and we get back together. And, um, you know, it's a love fest. We we all really get along really well. So that's that's a great thing. It's funny, though. You say, like, you got this young guy because you guys are all looking older, but you guys all still look pretty good, man, especially Mark. He's still got the hair. <laughs> oh, what is up with that? <laughs> I started, like, for one of the shows, you know, like, I've always had long hair my whole life, and then I cut it, and for one of these last things, I'm like, okay, I'm growing it back. It, like, stopped in my my neck. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm happy just to have hair. That's true. <laughs> at least you're not going bald, or you're not bald. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy to have it, you know, so. Although, you know, the, 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 the bald or the short look looks great on a lot of people, like, Mark Tremonti, like my favorite guitar player, looks friggin' killer, you know, mm-hmm. with the short hair. So it's 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 all about the perception, I guess, you know. Like now I look at those guys and I'm like, wow, they look great. Yeah, definitely. Now you talked about writing some songs with Mark. Are you, any chance that you guys will ever do another album? I mean, that's there's talks about it, mm-hmm. you know, and that that could be the news that we could be releasing um, soon. You know, we're just in talks right now, so I can't really get into it. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, me and Mark have always really enjoyed writing, and, you know, even through all these last couple of years, I would just send him ideas, and we would just have fun with it. And we'd even get, explore different different areas, you know, not so not so much having dodgy, you know, and just write whatever came out, and that's what makes it fun, you know, so. How do you explain, like um, my brother. yeah, well, where's, where's the chemistry come from? Like, obviously, like, the, for the first album, you guys wrote all the songs together. What's the connection musically? Same influences, or what is it? Yeah, I guess we have a lot of the same influences. Um, we did not grow up together, so it's very bizarre. And um, when we got together, and our first 18 songs, in those first 18, Skin to Skin and Find Another Way were in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And we just, it just clicked. It just totally clicked. When I first met Mark, he was playing in a band called Network, and they were the biggest uh, cover slash original band in South Jersey. And uh, I was just like, whoa, that dude's a freaking rock star, man. And um, he'll never leave the band. And then we just started writing, and it just clicked. And then he left the band, and here we are, 30 years later. Is that how many years it is now? It is, yeah. Nuts. I 31. Can't yeah. <laughs> 30-something years later. Exactly. Right, 87, I met him. That's yeah. a lot of years. Now, does it blow your mind that but, people uh, still love this album and are still discovering it all these years later? It completely blows my mind. And uh, and I think a lot of that credit also has to go to Neil Kern. And I think, sonically, he produced a really strong album. Yeah. I mean, it's still it sounds dated, but it still sounds good. You know, the, the the production that Neil put on the record, I think he did such a fabulous job that it still sounds good to this day. And so that's credit to him. Yeah, but I'm just like, holy cow! Like we every so we started doing these Monsters of Rock cruises, and not and we're a little band on these cruises. You know, I'm in the dining hall, and I'm like, oh my god, Nuno Betancourt eats food just like me. You know, like for me, he's like a freaking God, you know, you know, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh my God, there's the guys in Queensroy. They eat food like me too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because these are bands that I idolized growing up, you know, so it's just 
So we're the little band on the cruise, and, and every time we played, the crowds have gotten bigger and bigger. And I don't know, we just did our third or fourth one just re, uh, last year, right before the COVID hit. And, I mean, we literally got home, like, two weeks before COVID hit. And right. yep, uh, I, I remember, remember going on the crowd, there's, just, like, some kind of Asian flu going on, but I'm like, that's in San Francisco or something. I think we should be safe. And, like, little, little, little did we know that we would get home and the whole world would fall apart. Right. But back to the cruise, like, you know, um, the last one we did, like, we, it was the best crowd that we ever had. I'm like, wow, it's growing. It's like the old days. You're trying to build the following. You know, mm-hmm. Because a lot of the people on there not, have never heard of us. Yeah, definitely. You know, they're, there to, they're there to see the Night Rangers and the Vince Neils and the Stephen Pierces, you know, of, of the world and the Slaughters. You know, so, so it has been very gratifying to just watch, watch us grow again. When you go back to that first album, what are some of your favorite tracks? I'd say um, definitely um, Find Another Way. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites, obviously. Uh, come play the game. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, uh, I even like you know the ballads, the hold on, um, Daddy's Little Girl. Always like that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to say, I like the whole record. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's a great it's a great album. I mean, I I've been listening to it since 1990. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like we wrote, I think we went in to do that. Uh, we had like 80 songs from, uh, to, to do for that record to choose from. And like you know, trying to do it with Columbia Records, I, I remember still being short. You know, that like they couldn't find twelve songs that they liked. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow. At least that's the memories I have of it. You know. Yeah, the, it's funny because those are the three that I have jotted down. Is Daddy's Little Girl? I, I always like that song. It's a little heavier, you know, than some of the other tracks on there. And 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 Find Another Way is probably my favorite Heaven's Edge song. And you know, I, I think when I talked with Mark, he kind of told me like there was a plan for that to be a video and a single, and then everything kind of started to fall apart with the record label and with grunge. And and when you go back and you think about that time, how, how did you feel in that moment when, when those kind of things were happening, when it was kind of falling apart? Well, it was it was nuts because the, the climb to get the record deal was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like right out of the box, you know, um, we were we were just selling out wherever we were playing because I, I had come from White Fox, I had come from Network, so we had a good name. And so right out of the box, it was like, wow. You know, I remember our first three shows were like sold out, and it was just—it was incredible. And and the ride up for those two or three years was unbelievable. And um, then the second, you know, Donny Iron decided that he'd find another way was the worst song he ever heard in his life. You know, and and then we got dropped from the label. The ride down was brutal. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, we used to play these places that were sold out. Now they're half full, and we go back again. They're a quarter full. So it was definitely a Big time blow to the ego, you know. Sure. Just, uh, you know, you're used to playing sold out places to now not, not even a quarter filling it up, you know. So it definitely brings you back down to earth again. Yeah. Now, did you try to do another band like when things, like when Heaven's Edge broke up? Did you try to do any other bands? Did you ever try to do a grunge band or any of that kind of stuff, or were you just done at that point? No, I absolutely did. So me, so Mark said, I'm out. Um, right. I need to go and make some money. So he started a band, I think it was called The Pack, and, you know, they were, uh, you know, pretty much like a cover band, if I remember correctly, and they were doing well. So me, Dave, and George said, you know, we still love playing with each other, so we started a band called American Pie. We got a singer named Sean Jordan. You know, we tried to do the whole flannel shirt and grunge <laughs> thing. You know, the music was a lot heavier, and it just wasn't true. Like, people can see through that. Right. We weren't grungy, miserable 
not that one super miserable, but you know, they, they, there is a truth to like where like Kurt Cobain killed himself. He wasn't happy, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, like I, that, it just wasn't us. We weren't a grunge band, and I, I didn't mean that to come out like saying that the grunge people were miserable. But you know what I'm saying? We, oh, I know. It just that was that was not us, and uh, and it just didn't work. You know, and we, we, we showcased, we put out, you know, all our contacts, and it just never happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when we, after a couple of years of that, we were like, you know what? This sucks, and let's call it a day. And, and like my drummer said, that turning point there in, like, 93, 94, that set us up to where we are now. Like, we were forced to find another life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was forced to start to become a guitar teacher. Mm-hmm. Dave was forced to start, you know, trying to get on the business side of music and it forced us to like make a living you know now we're starting to have families i was always the guy in the band who always had a family so i always had to make a living but you know once the heaven's edge and american pie broke up it forced us to really have to find another life and then in some way that was a godsend because you know we we found our other lives and it's funny we have a new song called um what could have been and mark wrote the lyrics and i love the lyrics and it's not like what could have been if we became rock stars. Well, it's kind of that, but had it's the other way around. If we became rock stars, we wouldn't have our families, you know, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have um, two thirds of our family, you know. Like I, I would only have my one daughter who was born during the Heaven's Edge days, and so it's such an interesting way to look at it. And we, you know, like Dave said, we got a little sneak. We got to look what it feels like to be around on the other side of the curtain, you know, the other side of the Wizard of Oz, and uh. We got to see how awesome it was. But when I see, like, you know, those bands still, like, out there just touring, like, that's not for me. Right. You know, um, I'm, ha- I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy uh, to have, I love my family. That's what it's all about. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy that I'm still alive. And, you know, who knows what would have happened had we had it that way, you know? Yep. No, you know, I was going to say this too, is that you guys are really in an interesting spot and it's really a good spot is because like you said, you know, you established your, your lives kind of like in the regular world, you know, after all this and, and now you can go out and, and like you said, go out on a weekend and, and play a gig and, and play some big gigs like these festivals and whatnot, but then you get to go back to your regular life. And like you said, a lot of these guys are out there doing it and they're just, you know, they're they're just playing to survive. And I don't know if a lot of people want to live that way. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, there's things in life and, and you hate to say it, but you know, it's nice to have health insurance or a retirement plan or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes if you're just out there playing bars for 30 years, I don't know if you have all that stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like I heard all like, um, you know, the Lynch mob, they played this little place over here in Philly called Dobbs. And um, this was going back a couple of years. And, you know, they were like, you know, the budget, the record company backing's gone. And they were like going from gig to gig in a van. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I don't know if I could do that. You know, right. right. I, just, uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a, a, not a teenager, but I'm not in my 20s anymore. You know, right. I, like you said, you know, it, we have established, you know, a life, you know, and I, like you said, I don't know if you could do that, you know, doing that staying in that that whole grind because it's a grind yeah. the best part is that on stage you know the other 23 hours you're just 
trying to survive. You know? <laughs> exactly. Now, I got to ask you this one. So obviously, you know, you're still playing guitar, you're teaching guitar. When you go back and you listen to like the first album and your guitar work, do you listen to it and say like, wow, like, yeah, I, I can't believe, you know, the, 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 the front work I was doing on this one. Or do you also listen to it and, cert- and say in certain respects, like, oh, geez, I, w- I would do this different today. What are some of the things you think of as an adult? Uh, listening to this, this stuff that you did when you were younger. Well, both, exactly what you just said. So I listen to it, and I'm like, like I when we I was learning this, like we had the song "Play Dirty." Like I'm like, that is the worst solo in the world. There is absolutely not one second of soul in there. <laughs> I'm thinking I was just trying to play it as fast as I could, you know. So I listen to it now, and I'm like, just like, just cringe. I'm just like, oh my god, it's awful. It's like. <laughs> So I don't even think I'd bend a note on there, you know. I just was just <laughs> so. Uh, so in that sense, I'm like I cringe. On the other sense, I'm like, wow, my chops were so much better than they are now. Mm, you know, like mm. right now, my chops are just uh, are down. I'm fighting arthritis in my picking hand, and th- and then to compensate for that, I'm doing a lot of legato stuff with my left hand, and now my left hand's hurting. I'm like, wow, this really sucks. But you know what? These are, I always say, these are first world problems. I, mean, I have no room to complain, you know? Right. So on both ends, I'm like, holy cow, like, I, my chops are much better than they are now. But on the other end, I'm like, man, I really did not have a lot of um, soul in me. <laughs> <laughs> and and tr- trust me, Reggie, I'm not trying to take it as a knock because to me, it all sounds really good. But I'm just thinking that somebody who's, you know, played all these years, you know, what's the perspective, you know, when you're you're in your 50s versus your, your 20s, you know what I mean, or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to see how you would look at it, you know, all these years later. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny because it's the way you said it, I, I feel both ways about it. Know? Yeah, I just uh, I think like if I had to go back and do it, you know, I would definitely do a lot of things differently. I would try to, you know, add a little bit of feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was so like, you know, back then it was just about shred, 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 and more shred. Right. How many notes can you pack it solo? You know, and uh, you, you know, I was in my Yingve face, and uh, and uh, but you know what's crazy about Yingve? He plays with such shred but yet there is a fire underneath him yeah you know, they, he, he does play soul and a lot of feel you know and that's what makes him special so so you talk about Ingve, and i love him too so who are some he's an influence uh, i'm assuming who else are some of your guitar heroes well my path always was richie blackmore was mm-hmm. my my first and still one of my favorites um richie blackmore and then um eddie van halen just completely sure. changed my life. I saw that, um, you know, them opening for Sabbath, and that was that was a game changer that night. I was just like, holy moly! So it went, it definitely went Blackmore, Van Halen, um, Randy Rhodes, big time, mm-hmm. love Randy Rhodes, and then Ying Bay, and then Nuno Betancourt, and then these days I'm really loving Mark Tremonte. Ah, okay, Tremonte, uh Love Alter Bridge. They're just a tremendous band. They remind me of like Zeppelin, you know. Uh, they're not hit oriented. They're not worried about anything. Every song's like epic, and uh, you know that's that's what they're about. And uh, I love them. Bad about them. And I just heard uh, Tremonti's releasing a new single tomorrow morning. Can't wait to hear it. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. What about some of the other um, bands that came out around your time? Are there some '80s bands that you really enjoy even listening to today? It's funny. I don't really listen to a lot of the '80s bands okay. at all. But I mean, but I admired all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that 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 guy from uh, White Lime, Vito Brano, incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, every 
every band like from that gen generation era, I don't even know, um, had killer guitar players from Warren D. Martini to George Lynch, like yep. just like just like they, every band was, was had a great guitar player. Richie Sambora was terrific with yep. Bon Jovi. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it, it definitely showcased the guitar more. And then, of course, you have, you know, the top of the world people like the Satrianis and the Vise, mm. you know, they're like from another planet, you know, <laughs> the Petrucis, you know, the, the, those guys are just insane. Um, definitely um, Nuno Bencourt's one of my favorites right now. Uh, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, God just blows my mind. I guess ever since um, the first record came out, I've been a fan of him. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. We were out to dinner with um, with their manager. I guess I guess at the time it was Louis Levin, and this is when I knew nothing of Extreme. And uh, there was just the, the talk on the street. Oh, A and M. I think it was on A and M. Has this new band, and the guitar player sounds a lot like Eddie Van Halen. And I remember saying that at dinner with Louis, and, and um, who I'm still friends with these days. And I'm like, oh yeah, I heard he's like an Eddie Van Halen clone. And Louis is like, you have no idea what you said, but wait till you see this kid and. And, um, you know, now obviously it's become one of my favorite guitar players. The guy's just like, just mind blowing, you know? Yeah. He's definitely something else, man. We got some real sad news last week about Jeff Labar. Uh, any memories or thoughts you want to share about him? Oh God. So first of all, me and Jeff go way back and, um, he played in a band called White Fox. I, I don't like, I don't, they might've been called Precious Metal at the time, but it was with the guys from White Fox. And then I joined White Fox. Then, um. We both auditioned for Cinderella at the time when Cinderella was, um, the Cinderella got signed by the label, but the label wanted them to replace the drummer and the guitar player. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just being the local guys, we went in and, um, me and Jeff and, um, I guess Sabo from Skid Row, I think he auditioned as well. It's funny. I have this interview. I'll send it to you. It's actually, me and Jeff are a part of this movie, um, it's, it's a rockumentary about a club called Hammerjacks down in uh, Baltimore. Oh, yeah, okay. And, yep. um, and the, the director sent me the clips of me and Jeff talking about each other about that audition. And, and Jeff was just breaking my balls about, you know, how I sat right in front of him during his audition. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it was great. He totally fit the bill so much better than me because, you know, I was like in my Yin Bay mom theme phase. And, okay. uh, you know, they would. You know, it's funny. I was saying it in this interview, like they're doing, like nobody's full, and I'm like playing as I'm like playing as fast as I can. It just did not fit at all, and uh, Jeff just fit the bill a thousand times better than me. He was a monster on stage, monster guitar player, great guy, and I'm absolutely crushed about his death. Like his passing, just uh, me and me and the guys were just talking um, in heaven's edge about it were really affected by this just because you know they were the first band to, that out of our genre to really make it and we were just really rooting for them yep. and uh you know and uh it was just awesome to see them skyrocket and uh just to make it seem like wow it can be done from philadelphia yeah you know because prior to that all the sunset strip you know and uh just so to see um the boys in cinderella go on to such great fame and and they're just all good guys, Tom and Eric and Fred. They're just good. And Jeff, I mean, I'm, I'm just absolutely devastated for for them. And um, our new bass player, Jaron, because we had lost Gigi last year to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaron's our new bass player, and he plays in a band called Tantric. And that's with Jeff's son, Sebastian. Oh, so, okay. Uh, 
And, um, you know, so we have that connection there. And Sebastian is just a rock star, and so is Jaron. Jaron and Sebastian are just freaking the next generation rock stars. And uh, But it's just absolutely so sad for Sebastian to lose his dad. And, um, you know, and uh, I just sent him a message the other day just saying how sorry I was. And uh, I really am. This, this one hit me, you know. Hit me hard. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I never met Jeff. I didn't know him, but people from my generation, I, I'm about 45, and a lot of us, we kind of came up into music with Cinderella. You know, maybe that was Night Songs was one of your first uh, albums that you bought. I know Cinderella was the second concert I ever seen. So big part of my childhood, watching the videos on MTV. So, yeah, when it happened, it really did. It hit me pretty hard, and I noticed it hit a lot of people online on social media hard as well because it's a big part of people's lives. Absolutely. Um, just uh, I, I I I bailed on Facebook last year. Just couldn't handle it anymore. Just too addicting, and people just battling. I'm like, I don't need that. Yeah. So, but I actually I, I went back on. Um, I went back on. You know, after Jeff's passing, just to see the tributes to him. And wow, just um, he affected so many people. You know, and uh, really crazy. My drama said this thing to me the other day. So my drummer went to Villanova. He was um, friends with Gail LeVar. And Gail introduced Dave, my drummer, to Jeff. And Jeff's like, you got to forget this Villanova scene. You got to get over to this place called The Galaxy in, in Somerdale, New Jersey. And Dave came over, and that's where he met us, and that's where he got the Heaven's Edge gig. And he was saying, without Jeff, you know, he wouldn't have Heaven's Edge. He wouldn't have... Um, he wouldn't have met Debbie, who's my wife's sister, and they had a child together who was Angela. So in this, and through Heaven's Edge, my drummer, you know, he became vice president of A&R up at Roadrunner Records. That's right, like, right. It's so weird how, 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 like, one little thing, like Gail and Jeff saying, go to the galaxy, altered his life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that really had such an impact. And I was like, wow, dude, that's heavy duty. That's really a... Uh, gave me the chills you know you'd have you wouldn't have a lot ever worn for those guys that's crazy when uh as a guitar player what are some things that you really liked about his playing he was just so he Murray, everything that he played was just perfect for the song mm-hmm. everything that he played it was uh you know he wasn't he wasn't trying to overdo anything or underdo anything he just uh, it just fit the song perfect and the guy was like i said before he's a monster on stage and his son Sebastian right after him. They're just one of those, you know, some of those people that just like Eddie Van Halen. He just looked great on stage. No matter what picture's taken, they look great. You know? and, uh, <laughs> he did. He definitely had, definitely had that going for him. You know, I was watching some live clips, uh, you know, after he passed, and I watched some of the Moscow Peace Festival, and that was a monster, you know, monster stage, huge, and this guy was owning it. You know, he was going running from side to side, and then there's times where you know he's doing little licks and he's and he's kicking, and then he's spinning his guitar. He really was the total package, you, you know, and with the live situation, it was it was amazing. So 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 great, you know, and uh, it was just awesome to watch him. You know, really make it big. I mean, they probably are the. I mean, I guess the Hooters are big from Philly mm-hmm. and hauling us, but I don't know. From our genre, they're the biggest, at least in my eyes. I can't really think of anybody else. Yeah, Britney Fox is pretty big. <laughs> it was, was. I was going to ask you this, but you pretty much have already said it. So they've. You really think they've paved the way for bands like you and Britney Fox and, and other bands from Philly? Absolutely. All of a sudden, the floodgates opened after they made it. After that, it was Britney, and then. 
uh, us, Tangier, right, and Tangier, um, yep. you know, all of a sudden bands from this area were like making it. And and by making, I mean getting record deals. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Cinderella's the only one that went on to platinum records. I think Britney Fox had a bunch of gold or platinum records. You know, mm-hmm. but um, we were on the unfortunately we were on the tail end of that. Yeah. Um, by the time our record came out, you know, grunge had started to come in a little bit, and that beat us down a little bit, but. It's all good. It's all for a reason, you know? Definitely, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you sharing some thoughts and some memories on Jeff. Hey, it's been great talking with you about all this stuff, man. I appreciate your time. Anything you want to say to the Uh, fans that have been following you all these years? No, well, we just want to say thank you for everything, all the support all these years. You guys have just been awesome. I mean, it keeps us going to this day. Hopefully, like I said, in the next month or so, we might have some really good news we might be able to announce. And, uh, we're really excited for it. We're looking to get back out there. We are doing the Monsters in the Mountain, and uh, hopefully we'll do some. M- I think we are doing M3 next year. You know, just so just the things, and definitely a couple of local sh- shows here in Philly. Thanks. But thank you for having me, and thank everybody out there for all the support. Well, that was great chatting with Reggie. Subscribe to the channel so you don't miss a thing that's coming. Rock on!